Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Greetings and welcome to Woke AF with me, Danielle Moody. This year, I'm striving to bring more wokeness to my listeners and myself through the conversations I'm having on Woke AF Daily. That includes centering blackness and black liberation in all aspects of life. On the political spectrum, I had the pleasure of speaking with Charles M. Blow, the New York Times columnist and author of the new book, The Devil You Know, A Black Power Manifesto. We talked about how the black vote is too often taken for granted by the white male political system and the ways in which we can take our power back and make our voices heard. Coming up, you'll hear my conversation with Dr. Jen M. Jackson about the revolutionary and liberatory power of black love. As always, if you want to hear the full 30-minute interview, head over to my Patreon and subscribe for just $5 a month at patreon.com slash woke AF. I keep replaying January 6th in my head and the trauma of that day and the fact that I knew, you knew, we were all headed to that place, right? We know that there is, there is something that I believe that is, and this is me not putting words in your mouth, there is something that I believe that is inherently violent about white people, right? When faced with their privilege being taken, when faced with the idea that they come, white conservatives come from this place of lack, of scarcity, right? Where they believe that anything anyone else achieves, anything anyone else is able to attain that they already have is somehow taking from them. And I wonder how you move, like how you're supposed to shift a society when you know that there are people that believe inherently in your lack of worth as a human. I will, I will frame it slightly differently. Uh, I don't agree with, I don't disagree with that, but I was it slightly different and say that there is something inherently violent about white supremacy. Mm-hmm. That many white people are invested in that and they, act out that violence, but it is the white supremacy itself that is violent. And the, the beauty of this idea as, you know, which what kept me up for, you know, four or five days with very little sleep and very little food and writing a book post, I think it, when I ended, it was like 25,000 words. 
um, was because it was so clear to me that we would no longer need to center whiteness in black liberation. Mm. And whether or not you want to acknowledge that it has been centered or not, it has absolutely been centered the entire history of Black people in this country. Adida centers their guilt and us trying to get them to feel our pain. It either centers, centers their resistance to our progress. It centers their participation or their permission. The only reason you don't have reparations or police reform is because the white people, primarily white men, primarily rich white men in the Senate don't want you to have it. Right. And that idea of the white male patriarchy mm -hmm. existing and dominating every part of American power structure becomes the problem. They're the majority of the governors. There are only uh, four non white governors in America. None of those four are black, by the way. Almost all of the ones who are, the, the white ones are male. Mm -hmm. uh, white men are the majority of state house representatives in this country, they're about 55%. White women are 30% and the other 15% left over for the rest of us. Mm. So when we say things like the system responds like this, the system is, is predatory, stop being euphemistic. The system is white men. The system is white people who benefit from what those white men are doing. And the only impediment to you not being completely free for the system having been set up the way it was set up in the first place was because white men wanted it to be. And so what this does, it says, there's something that you can do mm -hmm. that does not ask their permission, mm. that does not need their participation, does not require me to pat you on the back for your racial growth. This is, we can just assume this power. And that to me was powerful as a person who grew up in the 70s, 1970, grew up in the 70s, black power, always hearing revolutionary talk, but never quite understanding how we were supposed to get there. Armed revolution was never gonna work, but this is legal, this is constitutional, and it is, it is revolutionary. We can only experience Black revolution and liberation by centering Blackness, not just in our politics, but in every aspect of our lives. I was so delighted and honored to be joined this week by Dr. Jen M. Jackson, Teen Vogue columnist and author of the upcoming book, Black Women Taught Us. Jen talks about the revolutionary power of Black love, not just in loving ourselves, but knowing and practicing the love that we deserve as Black people. For Jen, that includes ethical non-monogamy and polyamory. They talk about what those terms mean and how freeing ourselves from the patriarchal conceptions of love can be truly liberating. There was so much more we talked about in our enlightening and engaging conversation, and you can hear it all now at patreon.com slash wokeaf. For now, we pick up with Dr. Jen M. Jackson telling us what exactly ethical non-monogamy and polyamory mean. So monogamy, um, in the way that I've grown to learn it and understand it, how I was socialized, I grew up in the Black church, uh, grew up very traditional. Um, and it, for me, it was always about a kind of heteronormative principle around possession of one another in a kind of marriage or some sort of nested environment. So some environment where the goal is inevitably an escalator that leads you into marriage, that leads you into this lifelong commitment um, where one person becomes your, your primary source 
for all manner of emotional care, right? So uh, physical love, sex, intercourse, things like that. But also, you know, folks use their marriages for things like therapy, uh, for emotional uh, work in terms of trauma, uh, healing, things like that. And so um, I witnessed this growing up in monogamous relationships. And while folks do not say this is the formal definition of monogamy, I think it matters what people do in addition to what they say. Mm -hmm. For me, polyamory has been really about finding ways to love expansively, right? So not just romantically and sexually, which is what a lot of folks reduce polyamory to, but it's about loving in a way that means that love does not have to be closed off, categorized, boxed in. This includes platonic relationships. This includes best friends. It includes people who we have deep, intimate connections with. um, And we go on dates and we buy each other gifts and we care for one another, but we don't have the goals of being married, right? Um, And so being in a polyamorous love style allows for folks to see themselves as folks who are worthy of love, right? Mm. There's something I think that is particularly harmful about being Black and queer and monogamous in a society that already tells us that Black folks are not valuable, worthy, or worth loving. Um, Being a Black queer woman and monogamous is very violent. Uh, the notion that one person is the my one soulmate, my other half, right? This idea mm-hmm. that someone will complete me. And if I don't find them, then what? Am I incomplete? Right? Yes. So even yeah. those, the theory behind it, to me, reproduces so many of our own harms and insecurities and so much injustice toward Black folk that I can't, I can't participate in it. Um, in terms of ethical non-monogamy, so this came up a lot because, you know, uh, Jada and Will and August Alsina had their whole dust up last year. The entanglement. And then a whole bunch of, right. So a whole bunch of monogamous people got hold of it, you know, and were like, oh my gosh, this is what the polyamorous people do, you know. Um, they discovered the word entanglement and it was a whole thing, you know. Um, and that's what I was actually tweeting about when you saw that thread. I was tweeting about the fact that during all of that, there were people who I really respect, folks who are in the disability justice space, folks who are in the social justice space, race justice space, gender justice space, who were saying horrible things about polyamorous people, not realizing I'm a whole polyamorous person, a very out polyamorous person. I have a husband, a cisgender queer husband. We have three children. Um, We gave birth to those children. I gave birth to those children. Um, And he is asexual. We've been together for 18 years. I also have a boyfriend who is cisgender and heterosexual. He lives across the country. Um, and I have two girlfriends, one who lives in the DC area and one who lives in New York City. I love all of these people very, very much, like very deeply. These are my twin flames. These are people who I don't want to live without. And when I was witnessing this happening on Uh, Twitter, it was very hurtful to me because people were saying things like, oh, well, polyamorous people are just trying to have a lot of sex or um, they're very childish. They can't commit. They don't want to make that us adults have to make. And I Mm -hmm. said to myself, that is so interesting because I, my life, I make lots of decisions and I have so many commitments and I actively engage in these agreements every day. And so what I want to break down for folks is that 
this idea that monogamy is the place where agreements lie is really just a, a superficial or artificial boundary that people have created to make monogamy seem like it's righteous and like it's the only way. Um, in actuality, most polyamorous folks understand that agreements that we enter into, entanglements that we enter into are so important that we have to actively engage with them and re-engage with them over and over and over again. Whereas monogamy has this kind of hidden curriculum. You're just supposed to know. I remember growing up, you were just supposed to know that when a boy hit you, it meant he liked you. Or you were supposed to know that if you were going out to prom with someone and this person were to go to prom with you, then the other person you like, you can't like them anymore, right? Like all these rules about how you're supposed to navigate monogamy were imparted to you implicitly. But in polyamory, because you are navigating these kind of open relationships, the dialogue often is, off, is also supposed to be very open. So this is where we get into ethical and unethical non-monogamy. So unfortunately, a lot of folks conflate unethical non-monogamy with polyamory and with ethical non-monogamy. So ethical non-monogamy is not being monogamous, mm -hmm. but doing so in a way that is upfront clear and allows for consent for all parties involved. Okay. I at one point was ethically non-monogamous. So I did not have additional partnerships outside of my marriage, but that I have romantic interests, people I loved, folks I went on dates with and I spent time with. Absolutely. Did I care for them deeply? Did I? Yes. But was I at a place in my life where I could build a life with them? I wasn't. So I was ethically non-monogamous. They also knew my kids. They knew my husband. They hung out with my friend groups, right? Um, so unethical non-monogamy is cheating, right? This is sneaking out behind somebody's back, not telling mm. the truth, being mm -hmm. deceptive, right? Mm -hmm. And polyamory and ethical non-monogamy are not the same as cheating. Explain, explain the difference, though, between ethical non-monogamy because i i think we all at this point should understand cheating right everybody has experienced it in one way or another uh or been cheated been cheated on or you know or or cheated um or witnessed it all of those things explain to to us the difference between polyamory where you are actively in relationship with varied people and ethical non-monogamy yeah so i mean it looks different for different people right mm -hmm. and in, in my life and the way that i've embodied non-monogamy what i always tell folks they ask how do you love how do you do this i say my goal in love just as in everything else is to do justice to others and justice to myself and so when i am in an ethical non-monogamous situation or engagement I'm very clear about what my expectations are, how I will engage and what I have the bandwidth for and what I'm available for, right? Monogamy often teaches us that if we come into contact with our soulmate or our other half, that we're supposed to just drop everything, move across the country, forget yep. our dreams, right? Like it's this idea <laughs> yeah. that now our whole life has to change and fold itself around this new person because that's the only one and you better get it before you lose it, right? So ethical non-monogamy releases us from some of that, right? Because it says, no, actually you're your twin flame. You are your most complete part. You are your whole. And so it puts you in a position to have authority over your love life in such a way where you can say, mm. I actually am not available to do that, but I still want to be in your life. So what are the parameters around which we can enter one another's, one another's lives and still do justice to ourselves? You can still be a whole person over there. 
and I can still be a whole person over here. Or if we'd like to walk together and live together, or we want to have children or start a business, or we can do those things, but we can be clear about where the justice looks like for me and where the justice looks like for you. And so for me, that's how ethical non-monogamy works. It's this ongoing cyclical process that allows for our relationships to grow and adapt because we are whole, right? We are whole people. And so what we bring to the relationship is the most important part, not the fact that we found this person who is now going to save us and heal us and fix things. And that's the, that's the logic that we have to get away from. And that's also the logic that often compels people to cheat, right? Because it's the right. shame of right. yep. stepping out, right? It's the mm-hmm. guilt of, oh my gosh, my body is telling me that I want something else here, that I'm missing something, but I'm afraid to actually be honest with myself and with others about what I'm feeling. So it's inherently saying my intuition is not is not something that I'm going to listen to. I'm not doing justice wow. to myself. So cheating is doing injustice to others and to ourselves, right? Um, and so ethical non-monogamy gets us out of that process of injustice. Love should be a process of justice. I have often quoted Bob Marley's line from Redemption Song, emancipate yourself from mental slavery, none but ourselves can free our minds. I leave you with that thought today. Once you are equipped with the knowledge and information, it is up to you to free your mind, to get woke and to live in that wokeness. White supremacist patriarchy is a hell of a drug and it's fed to all of us all of our lives. But we know there is a better way of thinking and a better way of living. If we come together, we can build power and make a better world for everybody. So please do share Woke AF with your friends, your family. And if you have not already, subscribe. It's only $5 a month to get five new one-hour shows every single week at patreon.com slash Woke AF. As I say every week, as I say every week, and I'll be saying it until we are free in mind, body, and spirit. Power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.